Welcome to the Nostalgia Test Podcast, the show where two longtime friends put their mainstream pop culture past to the ultimate test, the Nostalgia Test. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Nostalgia Test Podcast. I'm Dan Dissinger here in LA, and I'm here with my longtime friend and co-host Manny Coelho in New York. Manny, how are you tonight? What's going on? I'm uh, crazy excited today because uh, <laughs> we finally are here, Dan. We're finally here. We've been talking about this. It's been on the list since day one, obviously. Rest in peace. My Boston Terrier was named after this movie. So I am super excited to get into it because this is going to lead into a huge roundtable, which is going to feature all, not five, but all six of these movies from this franchise. So I am crazy excited. So what is the Nostalgia Test? Since you're here, I'm going to let you know. The Nostalgia Test is where Dan and I put our pop culture past to the test. What does that mean? We decide whether it stays nostalgic, where we know we used to like it as kids, it makes us feel good, and whether it passes means, do we still like it now? Is it still good enough? Does it hold up? Whatever you want to call it, it's called the nostalgia test, and we decide. And it's a guest. And it's a guest episode. Yeah, That I'm super excited, too. We got two amazing guests from the Measuring the Score podcast, Chris and Leslie here for the inaugural Rocky series going into Rocky one, Chris and Leslie, thank you so much for being here. Oh yeah. No problem. You're welcome. Yeah. We're super excited. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your podcast and who you are and uh, then we'll like jump right in. Well, as you said, I'm Chris. I'm one of the co-hosts of measuring the score and we are a film score podcast. We basically listen to film scores on their own. Then we watch the film and judge it, see if the score works for the film or not. And we were sitting around one day talking and I said, Hey, it'd be kind of cool to do a podcast. And she said, I got one. We're going to do a film score podcast. And I was like, how would that work? I mean, you're a, you know, okay, I guess this could work. And so she's the one that uh, came up with the whole idea of the podcast. And so, yeah, I felt like, you know, if we were going to do something about movie scores, then we needed some matrix to measure the scores against. So we sat down, we formulated just three basic questions that we use as our criteria to, you know, rate our scores. And then, you know, after that, we listen to the score, we watch the movie with the score in it, and then we give our opinions about both, and then we compare it to the matrix that we set into place. So um, it's a simple premise, but it's very powerful because it has allowed us to watch movies in a different way and from a different perspective. Instead of just enjoying the cinematography or the dialogue, now we have to focus on does the music do its job. And see, it works too because uh, whereas she's a classically trained, I'm by ear. Sucks. Oh, really? He sucks. Play by ear. (laughs) She gets very mad at me because when I start making music, she's listening listening to it and she's going, How can you do that? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Man, some some people just got it. Just for our audience, what would be the difference, score versus soundtrack? A, a score would be the film background, like, you know, the Star Wars theme, for example. You know, that's John Williams. Everybody knows that score, that theme. Soundtrack is more like various artists, like different bands and somewhat. Now, sometimes they will get confused and they will still call a soundtrack. 
a score soundtrack, but you know, and some people that's where the confusion starts. But yeah, a score is the orchestration, you know, the brass, sometimes synth, you know, different styles. Soundtracks mainly just, you know, the pop music. Pop music, rap music, yeah. filler music that yeah. they stick in. The source know, music is yeah. what it, the actual term for is source music. Good thing we got you yeah. on this one and not the yeah. Rocky Floor. Because Rocky Floor, <laughs> it's, just, it's just all soundtrack. It's just Rocky Floor is just a music video. <laughs> and this, you know, yeah. you, even when you look this up, it's like, you know, yeah. the Russian, the Rocky original music uh, picture score. Like when you look this up, like even oh, I was trying to type in like, well, let me see the, if they even have a soundtrack. And all it keeps coming up, it says Rocky original motion picture score. Like, and I was so happy when Dan was like, oh, we got a guest. He mentioned you guys. And I was like, well, it's perfect. Because, I mean, we do dissect the movie differently, but it's great to do a movie that did have an original score on it. Because I remember even as a child, I was like shocked that like this was all original for the movie. So there's like so much to this movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, different layers. Unbelievable. You know, Manny was texting me the other day and he's just like, I'm nervous about this one. I'm nervous because he's like, what if I watch it and it just isn't good. I'm so freaked out. Same <laughs> things happen to us. Like when my Back to the Future, when we did Back to the Future and I picked it, I can quote every single line of that movie. I have seen it so many times in my it's my favorite movie, one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no, now I'm listening to the music. What if my opinion of this movie changes? I was so yeah. scared to do that um, episode. So right off the bat, Dan. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it. I thought I was going to ruin my childhood. This obviously came out way before. Like, when did it get released? Dan, dance the facts guy. So, yeah. So a little bit. Rocky is a 1976 American sports drama film directed by John G. Avildsen, written starring Sylvester Stallone. It tells a rags of riches American dream story of Rocky Balboa, an uneducated, kind-hearted, working-class Italian-American boxer working as a debt collector for a loan shark in the slums of Philadelphia. The basic story is he gets his once-in-a-lifetime shot at the uh, world championship against Apollo Creed, played by the brilliant Carl Weathers. It's like a rags-to-riches story, just like they said. And Stallone surrounded himself by a a group of amazing actors. You have, like I said, uh, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, Burgess Meredith, Talia Shire, it just was amazing to see how that all came together. And just this, there's so much trivia about Rocky. There's just so much history about how this movie was made. It was made for $1.1 million. That last point one was actually the two producers mortgaged their houses to make sure that that came through. They also were only allowed a million dollars because Stallone was starring in it and the production company was like, all right, we we're going to give you two, but now you get one. Who is now, this guy? <laughs> yeah. this guy? He had a Dude, even Carl Weathers didn't like him. He, he <laughs> thought he was a stand-in. When he was like acting against him, he's like, oh, why do I have to do this stand-in? He's like, that is the lead actor. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, I guess he'll get better. And that's how he got hired because Stallone was happy that he said that. I was like, holy cow, man. And Rocky had to get rid of... Um, he had a uh, Rocky. Stallone had to sell his dog. <laughs> yeah. Because he couldn't well, feed him anymore. Bud kiss, which I was like, the, I cried listening to that story. Like <laughs> I've seen a video of that when he was like, he had to let him go. And then like, 
got, got paid for the movie and finally like went back and bought him back again. Like, a, he had, like was it a hundred dollars in his bank account and he sold the script for like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars with the promise, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna sell you it for three hundred and fifty thousand, but I gotta start it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he bought book his back. And what's funny is he worked for scale as an actor, and then any other extra writing or anything, like they were like, We're not paying for that. Like, you know, so right. all the extra things that he did. Like the the scene, there's so many scenes that they improvise and he had to rewrite the scene with the when he goes in at the end and he's staring at the um, the two pictures of Apollo and him before the night before the fight. The props department messed that whole thing up. So they literally had to write that scene in so that he was like, we're just going to talk about it. And that actually brings a whole new layer to the movie. Right. And like of like no one cares about you. No one cares that you're doing this. We just it's a money grab that you're fighting and but he's like let's put it in the movie he approached everything that was a mistake in that film the baggy robe that was a mistake uh, a props mistake dude when i found that that out i was like that's like a classic make fun of kind of rocky thing like when they're like oh it's baggy it's like (laughs) you think the robe's baggy yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like wait that was improvised like he just wanted to say that to explain it to the audience which yes. a lot, there's a lot of scenes that oh. are being explained to us. Yeah. And and sometimes I'm like, hmm, does he think we're stupid? Or is he like, it's just, just how simple yeah. like this character is, but like yeah. loving. Oh. Although also has like an anger issue. Yeah. Anyway. Like Nick shows up at his house and he starts, you know, going off in his, you know, wild tangent. And he's oh, like, this apartment stinks. Yeah, yeah, this apartment stinks. It's because the, stinks. Yeah, the bathroom actually stunk. That's why he was. <laughs> yeah. He was, that in that scene yeah they said that that was totally improvised and i was like how what do you mean and then and like that was like classic scene the scene with the ice skating rink that was supposed to have 300 extras in it and he just rewrote it had that one guy pretending he's a zamboni guy or whatever i would be (laughs) on her and he's and that's a class like that scene i think would would have been looked differently if 300 people were there yeah, like, I don't think it would have had the same feeling either. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. Like he couldn't afford the skates. He was trying to like bring down the money of just to rent the place for the, the hour. And he that's, you know, like he's pretending he's like, I don't I don't skate, but he couldn't afford it. And he didn't want to tell her that. So he was just like, you know, oh, let's go skate around. And I don't know if she really likes skating because Paulie was probably lying. Like Paulie lied the whole. He was a terrible person, but then yeah, also lovable. He was horrible to his sister. I mean, he's all telling her she's dried up and she's no good and everything else. And but Rocky was the only one that actually saw you know the goodness in her, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. So but. you know, in my mind, you've got a fighting movie that's about you know this American dream from this fellow that's from rag to riches, and then but in the middle of it, in the middle of all of them, which I know y'all will get into eventually, is this beautiful love story between him and Adrian. I think the fighting is like 10% of this film. Yeah. This film is all the love story and also like how Rocky is with all these other people. Like there's some tragedy happening in Philadelphia here. Like yeah, Mickey's got issues, obviously. Like he wanted to pass down his knowledge and he, he sees like, hey, this guy's got an opportunity. I want to help him out just because he went nowhere. And he's like telling that story about getting like nails to his face and stuff like that. And he has issues. And obviously, Paulie's got major issues. <laughs> what are you and talking then that, about? And then that girl, you oh. know, Paulie's got PTSD. Like 
he's a veteran of like 20 years in, in like serving and he's obviously got, you know, alcoholism and other things going on. And then you got that girl that Rocky was trying to help. Like a lot of the movies just setting up like this guy breaks knuckles, but then is like not really that bad of a guy. But then is also a boxer who like goes off on tangents every once in a while. You're just like, uh, there's so great. much to this. <laughs> that, that one scene with the bathroom, I think that was his breaking point. That was in Rocky just, you know, he, he's tired of being stepped on. He just can't take it anymore. So he just let loose all because Mick pushed him to that point. And then that's what, that's when he was like, okay, maybe Mick's right. <laughs> and you can hear that in the music because the uh, composer, what he did was, if you listen to the initial theme for Rocky, it's a very somber, sad sounding theme. So like the first time you hear the score in the flick, he's he's walking by himself, you know, uh, and you hear the sad, the sad sound. And that's his theme song. But what they did was he rewrote it at the end uh, going to fly now. Everybody knows that song from Rocky, but he put that theme back into going fly now and uh, rewrote it where it sounds triumphant, where he has defeated whatever demons he was going through, where he's made it to the top. And you see this morphing of this. It was a nice character arc. You could even hear in the music that the uh, composer, you know, touched upon. He had like one recording session. It was like three hours long. That's how he had just one $25,000 budget. Yep. This a- movie was made for like zero money. Like the inflation uh, calculated like on Wikipedia, it's like the amount of money it was made for would equal to like $4 million now. And the amount of money it made would be equal to like a billion dollars. That's like Fast and the Furious level money. Like, and the, yeah. the thing is like, but it was made for no, no money. It was all gorilla shot and all, all these things. That oh, yeah, did. that's great. <laughs> Did you see? Did you hear about the shot when he's running and that person throws him the orange yeah. or an apple? Right. They didn't. The guy didn't know uh, the rest of the song. <laughs> he's throwing orange. Yeah, so that's what's crazy about like. I, so I went to school for film, and you know, with that degree, I was an electrician for eighteen years, and now I own a brewery. But pathologybrewing.com. Shameless plugs. Um, I appreciate like cinematography and stuff. That I, I I wanted to get into the shadows and the lightings of this and the grittiness of the film, but like. Uh, like just that, like I thought this, these were extras that were part of the whole thing. But the fact that they like it was shot like an independent movie. Yeah. In my opinion. Like, yeah, you know, they were just like, oh, there's a boat. Oh, that'd be the cinematographer was like, that'd be look, look really cool if you're like running by to show like the, the hard workers of like Philadelphia or the hard workers of the United States. Like, you know, and okay, let, let me go run. Like, how they put that all together is crazy. And with like, they even said that the shot where he's like talking to Adrian about how worried he is mm-hmm. and like he doesn't think he belongs there. Like he has that self-doubt. He only had one take. He had to get that in one take. And you're talking about a person who obviously wasn't that great of an actor at that time. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, he, was, he was coming off of what Lords of Flatbush and he that was a one take shot. You're right. And. No, they didn't want to put it in the film and he fought for that. He's like, no, this is important. And it is, it's a super important scene to the whole film. And you can't not have that scene in the, in the movie. And, you know, when I watched it and saw it, it, it actually merges two, you know, two aspects. One of his character that, okay, he's, he's got to finish his character arc. He's starting to change. 
and, you know, change for the better, but it also is a tender moment between him and Adrian. So it's a catalyst for that final scene, you know, of their relationship at the end of the boxing match. So it was a very important scene. And I think Stallone was very intelligent in the fact that he knew that they needed to keep it in the film in order to, to finish his story. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love also the character arc of Adrian, uh, which one, first of all, the actress was, um, sick in the beginning so she had the flu so that's why like she had more of a shy demeanor but i thought that worked although the scene with him bringing her in the house i'm like okay she said no about five times <laughs> like let her go <laughs> i like 2021 thinking like oh god like just let her go like this yeah, is barricades herself in the in the bedroom and everything else and rock, like, hey, yo, Gage, yeah, yo, come on won't you come out and everything it's like dude just just no just no walk means away. no walk yeah. away. <laughs> that apartment so many times like, and then when she's yeah. in the apartment and he's she's like why don't you take off your glasses and she's like no you take off your hat and i was like dude she's crazy. saying no come on he just basically leans it and starts kissing her. He was like, no, she doesn't want to do this, man. She said no about 20 times already. Just go ahead, back off, and let her sit down. Let her keep her glasses she on. she shrinks into this tiny little ball in the corner. I know. I My know. wife was watching this. She's like, what are we watching right now? Is this SVU? What are we watching? I was like, but you know what's funny? On a scale of, like, most uncomfortable scenes, like, this one's yeah. not that bad. Because I was watching, I'm like, all right, this is aggressive. But I was like... I've seen worse, like any John Hughes movie. Like, like yeah, like, yeah. Like, that was don't. That's on a level of like we. That needs to be really looked at. But then it's like after that, she doesn't need glasses anymore, which is interesting. I'm trying. Yeah. To, it's like oh, one good kiss, no more glasses. I no more know. glasses. She got like, her superhero power back. She like. <laughs> She goes on, her arc goes from like zero to 60. Like she's yeah, got, yeah. she's like empowered to like talk she's against Paulie. Yeah, he's like, you want a roommate, Paulie. like stands up, only wants to make out and hook up all the time. And <laughs> and he's like, no, woman, we can legs. No, no. And she's like, but you just gave this to me. What do you mean? Like Independent 70s woman. <laughs> yeah. We're all burning, you know. <laughs> Don't forget after this, she's, a very powerful force in oh, all the other movies, like going yeah. forward. And that's why I was really upset that, you know, fast forwarding to the Rocky Balboa, it was crazy to have a movie where Adrian wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Rocky Balboa, Adrian's not in it. And <laughs> yeah, you're missing out. That was you know, decision between Stallone and uh, Talia Shire because, you know, Balboa needs that emotional crutch he need, he needs that reason to keep going and you know they decided to kill off adrian and she even made like a public statement saying no there's no bad blood or anything else we came to this decision you know on our own we talked about this and, oh. and i i have not seen rocky balboa so to oh. find this out yeah i know uh to you find this sorry out, for that spoiler uh, no, <laughs> i found out about it on uh like way ahead of time well, like with this film, this is only like my third time seeing it all the way through. Oh, yeah. Number one. I see the look I'm getting right now, right? No, it's fine. It's fine. This is not my favorite Rocky film, although to me, it's obviously the foundation of all of this. Like, and like to me, it wasn't a boxing film. It was a. I forgot that this wasn't the time when they used the chicken. The chicken's the second, the second movie. That's right. They don't even do that in the, the training montage is not that much in this yet. When you think Rocky, you just think training montages. And I'm like, this is actually 
just a film about a, a guy in, a, in love yeah. with somebody and like also like his relationships with like other people and how like simple but like thoughtful well, he was. I don't think Stallone when he originally wrote this wanted to have a sequel. The original script called for him to like throw the match at the end yeah. and I think yes. but the producers everyone's like no we are changing that we're going to leave this open for a sequel. I mean he's supposed to throw the match because he he wrote it originally that Mickey was a giant racist and yeah. he didn't want to be involved in the boxing game. Yeah. And Stallone said they said no. They're yeah, like, they're like that we didn't want we didn't but, want that. you know and I thought about that when I watched the movie and watched the ending and then I tried to visualize how would it be if they would have through that alternate ending let's call it in there and I don't think the movie would have worked at all. It would not no. have had the same impact at all. I mean you wouldn't have had the the character arc you wouldn't have had anything it would have just led up to failure once again and it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It would have been him reverting like going back to his original self, like just giving up. Another thing I thought about around this time, you didn't see sports movies end in a loss. Most of the time, the person who's the movie's about is going to win. You're like, yeah, he's going to win at the end. And you're like, wait, he didn't win. He didn't win. But yet he did because all I could think about at the end is Adrian. And even that she lost her hat. I thought that was such a subtle. I love that line. Because I'm like, you see her, you see her drop it. And I'm like, is he going to bring that up? Is he going to bring it up? And he brings it up. I was like, your head. <laughs> I was you know, like that's so good. It yeah. shows you how, not simple he was, but it shows you how considerate and kind and caring he was and how rough the world around him had been to him. And it was such a, a very elegant and delicate moment when he mentions just the basic, you know, you lost your hat. <laughs> and, and the thing with the music, it really reflected that. I mean, every step of the way, you know, even with the subtlety of no music, it, it still, you know, gave you the emotional factor of you, you feel for this guy. I mean, he, he's being beat down and everything else, but yet he's still trying to stand up for himself, stand up for Adrian. He's trying to help that one girl that calls him a, you know, screw you, creepo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who comes up, by the way, like, Another spoiler alert, that character is in Rocky Balboa. Oh, okay. I need to go yeah. back and watch that then. Yeah. Yeah. The original actor too, yeah. Yeah, original actor too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The franchise is crazy. And like, yeah, I agree. Like, it, it, this movie is so... I wanted to make fun of it because like, I wanted to say like, the dubbing is terrible. Like, there's some dubbing you're like, oh my God. Like... Yeah. The fighting in it, right. you're like, what? Fighting. No, see, like I said, <laughs> this is like my third time really watching this movie all the way through. And, and the, all the other times that I saw it, I, I was a younger, you know, I was a kid. And so when I'm sitting there watching this now and the first fight you get, you see him throw a punch and it, you don't see it connect. I'm going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did that just happen? Did I see that? <laughs> that didn't just happen. Then also you see another punch and like, you know, he's throwing his head. Back. I'm like, yeah, that's happening. This is the, oh, don't tell me this is the fighting, man. No. Yeah. I do yeah, not well, want to make fun of this movie. But then after that, that's when the story starts capturing you. The emotion, the character, the story, it just, you forget that the choreography was not the greatest in the world. No, uh, I, mean, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, this is like the ugliest movie of the franchise. Oh. Like, like 
I, I was th- I was like, what? This is like everything is just like Philadelphia and wherever they also shot in L.A. as well, because that bar that he picked that drunk up off of the ground was that was L.A. Um, and, and I was like, man, they found like the places that like you are going to get murdered. Like, <laughs> like, but that's what is interesting about how the music plays such a role of like softening those edges a little bit because the first time you meet Gazo, the guy he's like the thumb breaker for, and he tells him that he should have broke his thumb and he drives off. And then the music just kind of like comes in like real softly. And he's just walking down the street with that ball, which like, I love that That scene, man. And that's his theme song. So then, you know, Bill Conti, who is the composer, Mm. he played upon that. But when they approached him to do Rocky, he was the third choice because (laughs) nobody wanted to do the the film for $25,000. So he was third choice. He, he wasn't a notable composer at the time. And he said, well, you know, this is a movie about boxing and triumph. He said, and to me, triumph is very heavily, you know, trumpets and brass. And mm-hmm. so that's when you start hearing the fanfares because he felt like that was triumphant music. And so he wove that into there and it yeah. does, it works. But the amazing part is that last scene where it shows him running up the stairs to the very top. It didn't match the music. So that last, that going to fly now, it was piecemealed together. So he had the fanfare. They said, well, no, we need you to add 90 seconds. So then he he rewrote Rocky's theme, added in there. And they're like, no, we need to add 30 more seconds because I took this out of the movie here. And they kept Ugh. going on like that. Well, no, I need you to add 30 more seconds. And, and from a composer standpoint, that's a nightmare right there. So he was I'm added sure. to this, this piece. And so when it, you know, after they filmed it and they started looking at it, they're like, the scene does not match the music. So what they do is after they filmed it, they shot it backwards. So it shows him, you know, close up to his face. And, yeah. then, it, and then it works with the music. So that last scene was made with the music in mind. That's amazing. It's so funny to talk about like how like when you talk about victory, you have the big brass sections like coming in where like and when the movie starts, it's huge. Like the music's just like, boom. With the title card and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then it zooms in and it's just like in this church basement, what it looks like. Oh, that scene. And then Spider Rico. (laughs) Yeah, Spider Rico. What type of name is that? (laughs) Oh. That that guy's in Rocky Balboa too. Funny enough. He's, oh wow! Yeah, and it, and that was the first fighter you got to fight in the Rocky video game. You have to beat Spider Rico. Yeah, but it starts oh. it starts huge, but it slowly dips quickly. Like it's just the music is big, and then it's just like, but here's the visual, all very right. just like dark. And I mean, he fought, got his head kicked in, like he got head butted, and he only made like forty bucks. It was, was forty like, forty dollars and forty five cents or something like yeah. that. It was like nothing. Yeah, got the fees taken out for using the shower and getting cleaned up. Locker, and yeah, locker feed, everything else. That's just insane. Yeah, it reminded me oddly of the Spider Man thing when he she, he was wrestling and like he right. was cheated out of some money right. too. I was like, oh, like man, these people just get paid nothing, you know. And then, Dan, you mentioned it. Like even the people, like everyone was gritty and like. There was only like three really great looking people and everybody else was just like, they just got, they were weathered, like Philadelphia weathered. Like 
you know, working behind like, you know, working at docks and stuff, you know, talking about like a lot of the neighborhoods look like they were, you know, someone can get murdered in. Like when Mick was walking away, I was like, no, no, old man, don't go down that alley. You know, that's what I was thinking. Don't do that. No, no. Burgess Meredith, please turn around. You got to do grumpy old men later on. I know. Yeah. Same thing with Adrian when she's like, I got to go home. Like best thing to do is go in that apartment. Like, where are you going? I mean, you see the street you're on. I'm not going. The thing is, it's like, Rocky's apartment, you've got the mattress with like the knife stuck yeah. in there. Like, yeah, what was really that? It's, it's never explained. Chris is like, is that a knife in that mattress? And I'm like, I think that is a knife in that mattress. I feel like that was the mattress he used to like punch and stuff because yeah. like the other mattress didn't look like that, like the, the bed, but that thing was just standing there. Like he was, was just using it. I want to say it was held up by the knife. Maybe. Probably. He like had a, a knife. Not that knife. Yeah, he had a knife in the mattress. He had a knife on the wall. There was like a knife on the wall near the mirror where his photo was. I'm like, he's got two knives. He's got beer bottles all over the couch. <laughs> yeah, I and saw I'm the like, beer bottles. I'm like, geez, how much does he drink? Oh, yeah. he drinks a lot. Like, I know. He's like, all come right, here, sit down. Like, what? She oh, so here's my theory. Here's my theory. Is he's all nice to everybody else, but when he goes home, he just goes into like a blind rage and gets <laughs> drunk and starts stabbing things with his giant knives. That's and he throws he darts does. at straight yeah. up doors. <laughs> my favorite part when he's when Mickey's talking, he just to him. starts throwing darts when Mickey's talking to him. Yeah, but who does that? Thing about Stallone, like. Stallone in this movie, he's great. Like his acting, <laughs> I thought it was great because he's just like, he has nothing to lose. He has nothing to lose. Like I have $106 in my bank account. I have to just like do everything possible. Sometimes when he acts in movies now, he's just like, fucking rich as hell like i don't give a shit like i'm just doing this like cobra if you watch cobra it's like he just walked through that he like sleepwalked his way through cobra but like rocky he's like i got my life depends on this but i have zero money let's just do this <laughs> no like rambo was it that last scene at rambo and you don't understand what he's saying he's just <laughs> And he's just mumbling. And it's like, like yeah. where's that Rocky acting for that one? Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Amazing. He's just, it's just amazing. Just my head now. Oh, even like, but like, there was so many, I can't even remember all the jokes, but like, there's this, I feel like he, he was trying to be funny and a lot of it, like the dry humor that goes on throughout the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. did you notice the one thing when he goes to the guy who's like cleaning outside? He's like, what, are you deaf? He's like, no, I'm short. I was like, <laughs> that joke is amazing. Like, Very there's so many little like, like zingers that you got to be like, wait, what did he say? <laughs> like, it was so good. Like, like dad jokes. Dad yeah, dad yeah, they were, they were like, definitely d- dad jokes. And I was like, some of these are just so funny. Like, if you have, and they're like almost every scene, like. What was it at the beginning with the pet store where he's like looking at the bird? It was like, oh, you ever noticed they look like candy? They look like yeah, candy, <laughs> flying candy. I'm like, what? Like I was like, was that improvised? Come on, that was must have been improvised. And well, did you notice every time he walked into the uh, pet store, he, it was cold. Like outside, he was fine. He's talking to everybody. As soon as he would walk to see Adrian, he's like, like shoulders up, like cold. I'm like, is it just that much colder inside the, the birdhouse? Like, I'm not really sure. Well, she's but. wearing all the clothing, so it has to be cold in there. Scarves, yeah, gloves. Yeah, she's got everything on. Coat. <laughs> well, what's funny is like I thought like I was like I think Rocky invented the dad joke because like he's literally practicing dad jokes at home to tell Adrian, and I'm yeah. like, 
he's had to have like this is where this comes from it has to be because i also at some point was like did rocky invent the the montage like because but then i looked and he didn't obviously but like what they did what did happen is after rocky the sports training montage became like a staple in all sports movies so this movie did kind of usher that in it was one of three films in 1976 that did use the steady cam for the first time and this was like the most important one that used the steady cam when he ran up the stairs so there was a lot of things going on in this film that had like zero money to spend right. <laughs> like things were happening yo his goldfish what the name of his goldfish moby, moby dick, dick. And then the two the two turtles is Cuff and Link. <laughs> you know he still has them. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone still has them to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I didn't know. Yeah. That's crazy. I was like, I need to see a picture of what those things look like right now. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure Buckus is dead by now. Yeah, he is. Oh, no, yeah, I'm sure, man. Buckus is so cool. Yeah, I love that dog. And that dog was so happy to see him every time you saw him on scene. He was always his dog. Oh yeah, so happy, yeah. We we were actually sitting there laughing because the way he Buckus was looking at him, he's like, "Come on, Dad, get me out of the cage. Come on, seriously." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "What is this thing that we're doing here? What are those cameras?" (laughs) I'm hungry. Do you still do you have foods yet? Please tell me. You bought me back. You got money. Come on. (laughs) Even that driver, the driver of the the guy he works for was saying bad jokes too. He's like, you get the license plate for that what? Guy. The truck that hit your face last night. It was like, whatever it was. I was like, yes. 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 <laughs> Every time he opened his mouth, I'm like, oh God, what is he going to say now? Yeah. I oh. wanted to punch him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why'd you become a boxer? Because I can't sing or dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing I was thinking. I'm like, Stallone had wrote this down on paper. Like he was writing this script. Like, so these things that he was saying all are in a script. And I'm like, I need to see this script. Like, I yeah. want to see these words. She's like, I need to call Paulie. He like opens the door, the windows. Like, hey, Paulie! <laughs> sister's sleeping over here. <laughs> When he's like, where's your phone? He's like, oh, I got it pulled. What? <laughs> I literally was watching the movie with subtitles because there were things I couldn't hear. And I was like, I need to watch this with subtitles. So you know, watching something with subtitles always takes it to the next level because, you know, everybody's hearing is different. And some of the things you don't hear and you're like, oh, God, he said that. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? It's <laughs> like, so come over here. Sit over here. Sit on my couch. Yeah, I did. on my couch. Cringy too. He's like, "Come on, come on, sit on the couch." He's like, "Uh, what is he doing here?" I wouldn't trust the guy that's got a. After you know, he took his shirt off. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he gets in, he's like, "It's hot in here," and it's like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, that's not smooth, Rock." You know, no. Man. He's the most unsmooth person, but that's the thing. And he puts his like, "Oh, we'll listen to some awkward. music." He's <laughs> he's Very awesome. Awkward. Very awkward, but I think like it's so funny because it plays it up so much that like it's just like yeah, these are awkward people. They're just they're everyday people living in Philadelphia. This guy's fighting in a church basement, breaking thumbs. She's working in a pet shop. Her brother is piece of garbage. Like these are yeah, who like are, throws away the turkey that's perfectly fine. I know. I'm like that turkey looks great. And he throws it out in the alley, and I'm like, and then all of a sudden he's got the the, the leg. <laughs> And he's just like, you're hungry, Rock? Go ask her out. Come on, knock on the door. So you know what happened? Knock on it. Him and his drunken ass went out (laughs) in the alley and realized he was hungry and got a piece of turkey. Yeah, which may or may not be fully cooked. We're not even sure because she's like, 
he slung the turkey into the alley and kept the leg in his hand. So he slung the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, he was just like that. And it was like the only thing left. And he's like, ah, okay. I do. Uh, yeah. Burt Young was, is amazing. The guy who plays Paulie, that actor is just like, I believe that this man is a scumbag. Like, I want to hurt Burt Young is a very, you know, he was a very nice person. But yeah. like, I mean, Amityville 2, The Possession, and I hated his character because he was so horrible. He was just like Polly, but like worse. And yeah. because it was a horror film. And so, it, and then when I'm watching Rocky, I'm like, oh God, he's he's playing another horrible person. This this sucks. I, I want to like Burt Young, not like this. Character act. <laughs> Did you notice like when he's he's in the when we first meet him, he's in the bathroom and there's no mirror. He's like, who broke the mirror? And I was like, was that was there a mirror? I'm not even sure if there was a piece of the mirror. You, I was trying to read any more trivia facts. I'm like, did someone break the mirror while on set? And like Paulie just had to make fun of it because like that would have been something that the actors were doing during that. Because yeah. like it seems like there's so many improvised yeah. scenes My that were done. Paulie is the, the the punching the meat scene i mean that acting right there when he just starts punching you know the meat and breaking the ribs, he's like hey rock you're, you're gonna break the ribs on that man and then you see his face he's he's scared he's scared yeah. rock's gonna At do that, that point, i was like that that was a very powerful scene like, oops i said the wrong thing that was such a powerful scene and the look on burt young's face i was just like oh yeah you know, that shows him with the baseball bat. You remember he got enraged and he started bashing things with the bat Ooh. and Rocky actually looked like he was going to hit him. And all of a sudden he lets out this little childlike whimper and we're like, uh-oh, you could tell he was scared of him. You know, he's such a wonderful actor to portray the fact that, you know, he's just an assy rat. But mm. on the flip side, he, he, he um, you can tell he's had a lot of he trauma. He can emote the emotions with his face yeah. very well. And he's just a really great actor. In my yeah, opinion. they explain his backstory is that he, he lives off his pension of being a vet. Because why would, how would he be able, people are like, how does he afford the house? And I'm like, he's a vet. So he's definitely tortured inside, you know, like... Yeah. That's All that is, you know, right. Oh, yeah. Just constantly has a flask on him and stuff. And then it's always looking for the hustle, you know, like, can I make money off of you? And how great is Rocky to be like, okay, like, I don't care, whatever, you know? And he's like, why are you putting, he's like, what are you, a billboard? Oh, Mickey's like, says like, you're a fighter, not a billboard. And he's like, whatever, my friend just made $3,000. Like, who, what do I care? You know, off this rock, nothing. No, Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baggy robe. Baggy robe. <laughs> it's a little baggy. He says in Rocky Two, he goes, "This one's this robe so much better. It's the last one's so baggy." Like, yeah. you know, like Stallone brings these jokes. Oh no, it's back. great. Like, it's, I'm like, he's a secret genius. That's Dude, he problem. even says like, "There's a part when Joe Frazier's there." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And he's he's talking to Apollo, and Rocky goes, "They must be friends." <laughs> that is a uh, an homage to Ali and Frazier. Yeah. They used to be friends, and like Apollo was based on Ali, so like he he mentioned that for that reason. I was like, man, he's so good at that. Like just like the little nods. So I good. Love Carl Weathers and how he oh. did that character. Oh, it was yeah. just amazing, and is he's been amazing throughout the fa- franchise. The first, the second, you know, Rocky, the third one. One of the funniest part of the movies where they're like the most celebrated day in America. And I was like, isn't that July 4th? And they're like, they were playing it off that it was New Year's. I was like, nah, I'm thinking it's July 4th, but okay, cool. <laughs> like, it's like January, New Year's Day? Okay. New Year's Day? I'm like, it's not even New Year's Eve. Like, you didn't even do this at midnight. You're like, hey, New Year's Day. I'm like, nope. 
No, we're all sleeping. Like no, no one's celebrating so anything. There were so many empty seats in that fight scene when you do the close-ups because you couldn't they couldn't pay enough extras to fill it out. Yeah. But like I in my head, I was like, eh, everyone's just hung over from New Year's Eve. That's probably <laughs> why no one showed up to this fight. <laughs> the one thing I, I meant to mention being a lover of cinematography, I don't know if you noticed like in the beginning, a lot of it was shot. There was like shadows everywhere. There was like it was lit. Fruiting. Yeah, it was very, it was lit. First of all, they loved the long shot and like the either the one or the two person walking away in the front. And every room was almost kind of like lit, like an Alfred Hitchcock film. Like the lights would come in sharp yeah. and the, all this, everything, like everything would be shadowed. I was like, wow. Like I was noticing it a lot in this film. And that's why I was like, man, he really wanted to make a film and not just like a sports movie. You could have just made this a sports movie. Like, could it? Like an art piece, you're right. So you've got the starkness of his life. He's in Philadelphia, and then you've got these shadows that kind of reflect that. Not only does the music reflect the somberness that's going on inside, you've got his outside environment that's reflecting that. So you've got these uh, contrasts. It's not even subtle contrast. You've got light and dark. It's really harsh, these harsh edges. And it really is like an art piece. It is it's beautifully done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mickey going down the stairs in the apartment, like how there was like lit where he was, but it was so dark, like going down. Like, I felt like I was in the steps. Like I was like, and that's why I always say this in to Dan, like when we review movies, if the, even if the, there's parts of the movies, like the dubbing suck, like, especially when they're fighting and they're trying to talk. And like, sometimes they were talking through their mouthpiece and stuff. I was like, I'm okay with that because I actually suspended my disbelief and I was in it. Like, and that's what makes a great movie. Like I feel this guy's pain. I felt his like tenderness, but then also his, like his willingness to fight for it and stuff. So it was, it's, I, I'm, I didn't ruin my childhood. So I'm really happy about it. You know, the whole time like, I was watching it and, you know, I, you know, found out that a lot of it was, uh, you know, filmed gorilla style. I was trying to imagine them in a van, you know, just driving around. Okay, this is great. Here, get out, out. start running. Yeah, and you, and with like back then, it wasn't like we were running around with small like rebel cameras. You're right. you're running around with something bigger than a chair to step out and 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 film that. Like, and it's film. It's not digital. It was like the movie was about him making the movie they should make a movie of sylvester sloan making rocky <laughs> like what uh, it, like what it went through like have someone play him and everything and then like just see what it was like to actually make this movie he made it in 28 days 28 days that's movies crazy. are shot for like hundreds of days now that was a manny tangent <laughs> Several months. I mean, you're looking at like some movies that take like six months to make, yeah. and you know, and that's you got this one filming. And here's the thing: like those films that are shoot for six months, they will not still feel as real as Rocky did, because watching the film, you feel like you're there because of the yeah. harsh lighting, the natural lighting, you know, the the acting, how they improvise. Just all about practical effects, right? <laughs> all practical. Yeah, especially the fighting. You know. He, him, he he quit smoking cigarettes um, yes. doing this movie. Yeah, I, I would see why. <laughs> right? He's asthmatic. Oh, yeah. I can't run up those stairs anymore. <laughs> no. 
that wheezing was so real. I was like, that would be me. <laughs> like, I felt that pain. Like, he looked like he was going to cry. I was yeah. just like, that's why I hate running. But, like, he, it's funny. He's like, oh, when he, he was going up like, the stairs the first time, you mean? Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, he's touching that part that you always touch. You're like, oh, oh. <laughs> Dude, in the, that, that clothing, I know he had workout clothes on, but those clothes were, like, beyond workout clothes. Like, I was like. Filthy. Gross. He didn't do laundry, yeah. man. He just yeah. picked that off of the mattress that was hanging on by a knife. You know, like. And then he so drank six eggs. Oh, that. Yeah. He, when the egg fell on his uh yeah. on his shirt, I was like, oh, he's not washing that. He's not oh. washing it. Oh, no. I, I knew it was coming to you because when he started, I'm like, nope, nope. Here it comes. Ah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah. we're in Converse. He's jogging in her Converse. You know those feet were killing him when he did that. <laughs> he so has shin splints. No <laughs> so Chuck Taylor's. Oh no, like, there's no paddings. No, there's no padding. It was funny. My cousin, uh, shout out to my cousin Chris, if he's listening to this. He would play basketball still in like the '90s when we were kids uh, in Chuck Taylor's with no socks. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, and he was really good. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you're doing that. But when he started running in in the Chuck Taylor, I was just like, no. But that's what people used to wear, even like playing basketball, like professional NBA basketball. Like I was blown away that like that's what he was running in. His the eggs, I was like, he definitely swallowed some shells because he was just cracking those eggs like (laughs) haphazardly. (laughs) It was amazing. I thought it was only three eggs. I always thought it was three. When he got to six, I was like, six eggs. No. The Chuck Taylors, let me ask you this. Is that what Rodriguez runs in Sandlot in? Was, was those Chuck Taylors? It was BF Flyers. That's what they were. So it was like the competitor of yeah. right. the and Chuck so, Taylors. You know, I remember when we watched the Sandlot, my dad watched it. Because, you know, my family's from Pennsylvania, my dad's family. And my grandfather back in the 40s played professional ball so you know it's a baseball movie america's pastime i remember dad we sat down and watched it and you know the kid pulls out the pf flyers and dad goes oh yes those are my pe shoes <laughs> guaranteed to make a kid run faster <laughs> so they used to wear them when they dressed out for pe they oh my god pf flyers that just looks like an ankle breaker i feel like you know hipster kids in brooklyn wear that as like you know, something to go out with. You don't run in PF flyers. Wow. So, guys, if you like um, Nostalgia's podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe and like. like Follow us on all social media outlets that you can find us and where you can get podcasts. Podbean, Spotify, I- <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Stallone just looked it's, like. He did so good. It was. He looked exactly the way he was supposed to. It was funny because I was thinking about it today. I feel like that was his real apartment. These are his real clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at that and I'm just like, yeah, he lives there. Like, yeah, that's probably why you're right. Like the bathroom stunk. He's like, it does stick. (laughs) (laughs) This whole movie stinks. (laughs) 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 Everything stinks. My dog. I sold my dog. Again, we were watching a document. We were just watching a documentary on rock on Sylvester Stone's life this movie is kind of reflective of his real life if you think about it you know before this movie came out he was living paycheck to paycheck he even started a porno at one time and you know, he, he had did? like $100 yeah. oh you didn't know that yeah 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 I have to go get her wipe <laughs>
Oh, oh man. man. Is so he came up with a sex tape before the Kardashians. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then he got paid for. I don't know how much. Yeah. <laughs> he probably made hundred, like $28. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's where the that's where the men don't get paid that much in in porno films. <laughs> and of course, this is the '70s, so you know, yeah, have that that catchy '70s music. Oh man, that's crazy! That someone has a copy of that and is like, I'm selling oh, yeah. this as a collectible. And he's like, <laughs> burn it, burn it. Yeah, yeah. So Russell's <laughs> gonna buy it. He's like. I will pay you a million dollars and uh, give me that copy of that yeah. VHS or whatever it might be on at that point. Maybe it's on tape. that laser disc beta. or beta tape. Beta. <laughs> but he, um, you know, was just trying to like get break into Hollywood. And Talia Shire, even her, like she was the third choice. Like I feel like all the Everybody actors in here choice. was like third choice. Everyone involved in this film. And good, because the third choice worked because like everyone was given it their all. She was only given $7,500 to start to be in this film. That's it. And she was like, yes, I want to be in it. She wanted to like get out from under the shadow of her brother. Burgess Meredith wasn't the first choice. You no, know. he was the third choice too. Yeah, yeah. Sense because he is such a great actor. I love <gasps> Burgess Meredith and anything that he's ever been in. Yes. You know, I'm a student of old film. I love old film. I love his old stuff. I liked his newer stuff before he passed away, and I can't imagine them, you know, not thinking that he would have been bad for the role, you know, and be the, you know, the third choice. That just it's mind blowing to me. Favorite all time Burgess Meredith role was the Twilight Zone episode where he's got the glasses. Yes. And he, all he wants to do is read. And then he. Oh, yes. Is that the one with the bank? He goes in the bank mm-hmm. safe. Yep. And then he comes out and it's like a nuclear. Yeah. And he loses his. It breaks his glasses. Yeah. 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 That was crazy. That was crazy. I love them. I think you brought it up before. You mentioned it. The grumpy old men. Yep. He was the grandfather, right? Or the father. Oh, he was great in that. Every day. (laughs) So good. He's so good. Yeah, the scene between him and Stallone, when uh, Stallone comes in to the gym and they give him the card uh, from Juergens, the uh, promoter, and he asks him about, you know, why he didn't. He wants to know kind of the truth about, like, why he treats him the way he treats him. And he's like, I want to know. He's like, you want to know? He's like, I want to know. And then, like, he just does that that short mind. I'm just like, did they take this and make a few good men? Like, did they, I feel like in a few good men, they were like, remember that scene in Rocky? Like, we're going to do that here with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Like, literally the same cadence. I was blown yeah. away by it. I was just like, oh, shit, look at that. But that <laughs> looks the same. And Mickey's and- character throughout the franchise gets, like, so much even, like, oh. he's so good. I I love I loved Mickey's character. When he, spoiler alert, he passes away. Third one. <laughs> no, I cried. I, mean, I was like, you can't. I, I can't believe. Too, I'm a girl, so you know. <laughs> I was like, Mickey, no way. I mean, I would watch Rockies like all the time. Like I was a wrestler too, so like that was that was like our like pump up. I don't know why, just all the Rockies, but I mean, you only had to watch Rocky Four to get pumped up. But you know, just to like, it was man. We used to watch that. I'm like, why are we watching this? I don't want to watch the third one so long the third one's like two movies it's like two movies but yet it had mr t in it i love the a-team i was a big a-team fan so you know anytime you saw mr t you're like mr t you know yeah (laughs) yeah. that movie was so long like it felt long 
well, because of like this you is know, not short to... either. This is like oh, a, it's not. This is a two-hour yeah. film, and only ten minutes is fighting. Like the end fight's about t- ten-minute fight. Rocky two. That's another really long film, and you know, just to talk about the fighting, Carl Weathers and Stallone did all of that fighting, all of it, because the stunt people walked off the set. Like, everything that could have went wrong with this movie yeah. went wrong. But then overnight, Stallone had to write every single move in this like that they were going to do. So mm-hmm. jab, move right, move left, then throw this punch, then do that. He came and in duck and everything with thirty-two I mean, pages. Thirty-two pages. And don't forget, like you said before, he didn't get paid for that. Right? No, <laughs> no he didn't get paid for as an artist. That. That's like art direction. That's you can't ballet writing, that. like. You wouldn't be able to get away with that now. And yet no. he said he wasn't a good dancer. He's lying. I know. <laughs> it's oh, like well, can't single dance. Yeah. Uh, can't do dance. Staying alive. Well, there are, there are some great cameos by his brother, Frank Stallone's in the movie Three Different. Oh, yeah. Yes. Even the soundtrack. He did some of the music. Yeah, he did some of the songs. Did he sing the song, Take It Back? Ba-da-ba-ba. That was Frank Stallone. That was straight up Frank Stallone, man. He wrote he wrote the lyrics and he sang that song. And then he's the weird guy coming out of the alley when they went on their date. That's Frank Stallone. And then Frank Stallone is the guy who rings the bell at the fight. And then- no, I thought that was his father. I thought that was Stallone's father. I thought that was that Frank rings the bell. That might I might have gotten it wrong. No, no, maybe. It's what maybe. Yeah. yeah. We got the Stallone part right. Did but you- yeah list of those uh actors that they wanted to consider for the role at the time for rocky yeah for rocky what was it they didn't want stallone in there i think was it james con was on the list james con was on the list robert redford robert redford yeah redford redford was one of them so crazy you're like i I could no robert redford wouldn't i I love robert redford but no he was bad choice for this film no he's too much of a pretty no yeah, you wouldn't have been able to play that. Like, no, punch me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like, no one's hitting. Can't me. sing a dead. Yeah, yeah he's like broken ribs. Um, Carl Weathers got a broken nose. In someone this was toilet. able to do this with his finger, like bend it weirdly. Like that—that that was a real injury. I know. Yeah, like you couldn't know. He also flattened his knuckles by hitting that meat. So he has yeah. permanent. His hands are permanently damaged from that scene. It's funny, like when you think about movies like that are iconic movies when you talk about them and you find out like the history behind them nothing ever goes right it's like there's all these mistakes that become like amazing things and it goes back to like we did we talked about like silly string in our episode where like silly string was supposed to be like something else and then it ended up being a toy it's supposed to be for like for cast like for broken bones and stuff like that yeah and then we decided who cares about people and make it into a toy <laughs> but <laughs> so like it just seems like this movie was supposed to be horrible and it ended up being like a movie that people still talked about to, to this day we're even doing a podcast about it like you know and you you hear about other movies and you go through it and you're like wow like there's so much against this or like it was supposed to be that actor or this actor and it's like no i can't imagine it being another actor but with this film i could even james Kahn couldn't pull off the softness that stallone kind of had I couldn't see him in because he was already in the film. He was already in the Godfather, and and that's another movie that they wanted to put 
Robert Redford in instead of Pacino. Like, I'm just like, what is with this obsession with Redford being Italian people? Like, I mean, like, this is he doesn't even look ha- Italian. No, he's the furthest from Italian. Like, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Rocky, the Italian is a German more than Italian. Well, look yeah. at him in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, and even. You know, Tyler Shire, she was going to be, they had someone else before her. Then they were going to get Susan Sarandon, but they thought Susan Sarandon was too good looking. So they took Talia Shire. And I'm like, Talia Shire, she does such a good job of being like meek and then strong and then unreal. Um, But again, and she's Italian. So like, I feel like there's also, you got to think about that. Like, you know, there's like a, a look to this film, especially for the main characters that you needed. And Susan Sarandon, that just wouldn't have worked. It would have been it really weird. Well, and you know, there's a John uh, Wayne film out there where John Wayne played Genghis Khan. John Wayne is the furthest <laughs> man in the universe. Yeah. And yet he is out in this film playing Genghis Khan. And he doesn't even, they have his face oh, painted terrible. and everything. Oh, it's a terrible movie. Terrible. You have an idea. Italians are a certain way, and I'm not trying to characterize them, but you know they have dark hair, all of yeah. complexing. It's just their culture and how they are. But to stick a, a lily white person in that film, and you're like, oh, he's Chinese, or you know, Genghis Khan, it does not work, and it would not work for this film either. Mm-hmm. When Philadelphia is known for being a melting pot, you know, my, like I said, my family was from Pennsylvania. We were coal miners from Western Pennsylvania and in the mountains there. And even my great grandparents would talk about having the Polish people together and the Italians, they all come together. And then they would speak a dirty form of English that they all could understand because they all had to learn English. It was the melting pot. So I can't imagine them putting anybody else in either of those roles. It would not have fit. That was the one thing I really appreciate about this film, because one thing Manny and I have been noticing, especially about 80s films, well, this is made in 1976, so like how the true true demographic of Philadelphia was represented. Everyone from every demographic, you had white actors, you have black actors, you have everybody kind of in that space being, this is Philadelphia. We're like, we've, we've seen some movies where we're just like, this is does not make sense. Like, how is this possible? We're like, and they even talk about race. They talk like call uh, during the the press conference. We talk about like what's it like being you know a black man fighting a white person and who also is an immigrant. A black right. Like yeah, he so brought like, that up, and I was like, wait, this movie is yeah. woke even back in the nineteen seventies. Like I was like, whoa, like they brought that up. He's like, what more? What more American can it be? In a, a, you know, Italian who you know found yeah, America. He, um quotes yeah, quote on quote <laughs> and uh he's like going against you know an african-american i was like whoa they brought that up yeah you know and also you know rocky's character defends adrian to the driver after he like uses the r word against her like he's like right. that's right. not she's shy that's a, and i'm like it's 1976 i'm like there are so many movies that we've just seen just from 19 i mean the wedding singer alone oh, I love is like it, but the offensiveness of the wedding singer versus i was like whoa i was like Look here at Tropic like, thunder oh Oh well, oh. yeah, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Tropic Thunder would never be able to be made right now. No, I was blown away by like the willingness to kind of not shy away from like talking about very specific things. Well, and I think you know the political environment of the time because you know Saturday Night Live came out shortly after '76, 
And a lot of Saturday Night Live satire was, you know, also related to issues like that going on. But they, they poked fun of it and they made fun of it. They brought it to people's attention. Um, you know, they were kind of, you know, forefront in that sort of comedy. So I think Rocky kind of led the way to that because it was on their minds in the 70s. You know, they were they were getting out of the 60s. You know, you just had all of that violence of the 60s uh, that was really traumatic, especially, you know, down south here. And uh, so, you know, they're trying to rebuild and you kind of you see that as a reflection in the movie. So, you know, I, I think it's a nice, delicate touch. It makes it more realistic. It pulls you into the into the story a little bit more. You know, as Manny was saying, he was pulled into the story and he kind of overlooked some of those gross effects that, you know, were going on in the background. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, it was great. So I think we're going to get into repetitive mode. So. Dan, I think we should uh, get to the test. Well, before we do that, I do want to just say one thing about one actor that like, we didn't talk about real quick to give this actor a lot of love as well. And that's um, Apollo Creed's trainer, Tony Burton. Oh, yes. Who oh, yes. doesn't have a name in this movie. It, in fact, they didn't. They, he was only known as Apollo Creed's trainer. And then Carl Weathers calls him Tony, though in Rocky Two and on, he's called Duke. That's the character's name. But Carl Weathers just called him by his real name in the movie. He just <laughs> called him Tony. He just called him in Tony. the movie. Just called him Tony. That's funny. He's such a great actor. And my favorite scene with him is when he's watching Stallone hit that meat on the TV. Everyone's oh, yeah. in business attire. And he's got his shirt totally on the bottom. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. He's like, you might need to come watch this. And he's like, yeah. no. No, not, you hear him in the background. Uh-uh, I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that know, was an awesome scene, Dan. I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, yeah, everyone else is talking like promotion and all this stuff. And you got the trainer who actually obviously like cares about the fight. And he's like, that's not going to be a pushover. He actually is serious about this. He doesn't think it's an exhibition. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he thinks this is a fight. He doesn't know this is for money. Once he, he thinks, gets in the ring, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a great scene because, you know, he, he knows. He could see it. But my favorite part is that his shirt is just totally unbuttoned. <laughs> and everyone else is like a tie on. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this guy means business. And Carl was and like, Carl was like, yeah, so do I. I mean business too. And they're talking business. And I'm just like, yeah, he, Carl Weathers delivered that line so perfectly. Like, yeah, I mean business too. I'm like, because even in the scene where they're like, at like the press conference, and they're like, you know, bantering back and forth. It was so on. And then that one part was still always like, I just want to say hello to my girlfriend. Hey, yo, Adrian, I'm on TV. Can you believe this? And they're like pushing. <laughs> and then he gets in their face like, what? What? I'll smack you in the mouth. <laughs> you know, I was actually going to bring that up uh, before. Uh, was There's a part where um, he's standing outside. He just said goodbye to Adrian. And they had just watched the, the, the interview on TV. And he's like, and they zoom up on his face, like it's a side oh, shot. Yeah. And they're like, you know how I said I don't, I don't care about what they said, I do. And I was like, I was so touched by that, where he was like vulnerable to tell his girlfriend, like, you know, he's a tough guy, tie in, you know, I'm the man. He was almost like pushing her to, have, to kiss her in, in his apartment. <laughs> but then, like, there's a moment where he's like, you know, he does have, yeah. you know, feelings, and it it bothered him that they. We're treating him like an idiot, that they were treating him like a fool. 
character arc. But, you know, prior to that, when he was watching himself on the video and I pointed this out to Chris, he was wearing the same sweater (laughs) and the shirt on the TV as he was watching it. I'm like, was that recorded the same day? What's going on here? Yeah. They let the press conference game on the Christmas sweater on. Oh, that's right. That's the only sweater Stallone had that day. So he's like, I'm wearing this the whole time. He had no, he had like that sweater, the gray sweater he wore on the date, and then another. Always V neck or something. Yeah, yeah, that weird V neck that he took off because it was extremely hot in his apartment. A white tank with a hole in it. It had a hole in it. I'm just like, yo, they said that they that they had to buy. I mean, most of the 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 actors had to wear their own clothing because they couldn't afford to pay. You know, get costumes and stuff budget they couldn't afford just a basic t-shirt they could have found it but the fedora and the the leather jacket yeah. was bought at like a secondhand store in philadelphia i love fedoras i thought that was just a nice touch i'm like look at that classy fedora you need i was actually i couldn't we moved recently so all my fedoras are away and i was gonna wear one oh. for the for oh, the fantastic. podcast and i was like so mad that i didn't, couldn't find it so I thought about i can so, wear one of mine <laughs> i have a fedora myself too so you know oh love fedoras <laughs> It's great. I was going to say, at 57 minutes, I cried, and then I cried at the end. What was that 57 minutes? It was like, oh, after he said he wants the truth from Mickey, and then he's walking out, and then I guess he goes to the office. Something happened in that exchange that I don't know why it touched me. I was like, oh, my God. like Because he's like seeing his life kind of like he's saying no to an opportunity that would have been – it's life-changing. He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, God, he doesn't he believe like it. He's like afraid before. to step out. Of his comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that was what Mickey, you know, Mickey's whole point was that, you know, you have the potential to be great and you have not, you put yourself in this box mm. and you have not stepped outside of this box. Yeah. And you can see that in that scene where he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, there's a part in that scene, Dan, that I remember. And this goes back to the subtlety of Stallone. Like, I, I can't believe that I'm talking about Stallone this way, but like, he hands over the secretary the the blue note, and he asks for it back. back. <laughs> like, back and that means nothing to m- some people, but I'm like, no, like that meant something to him. Like, yo, can I have that back? Like, I need I need to remember that. Like, somebody gave me this. Like, somebody wanted to see me. Like, I don't want you to keep this. Like, yeah. this is my thing. Like, yeah. I was like, whoo. Yeah. Now there is one scene that I wanted to mention real quick before we get off of here. All right. And- the cut scene where they cut his eye oh, and you're yeah. talking about the bad effects. You can oh, see yeah. where he pushes the thing down and he literally squeezes it to get the blood to squirt out of it. Yeah. And that actually pulled yeah. me out of the scene when he goes, cut me, cut me, you know, cut and me, they Mick. cut his eye. Cut me, Mick. And I'm like, Oh God, it's a crazy. But that's like a classic like scene you talk about, even though it's a terrible scene. Like yeah. you still like you were just saying you're like coming milk, coming milk. People repeat it, and you're just like, but it's, the scene's terrible. Like it's not yeah. a, like you know, it's so bad. It's like that's a scene that you would like see in Saturday Night Live to make fun of Rocky. Like right. that's the cut you would see. Like the bad like yeah, oh we're squeezing cut. it. You didn't see a cut. You didn't see anything happen other than him just. Yeah, just like squeezing it. That was yeah. also the around the time like you you heard the dub at the end when he, and when Mick uh says like stay down. Yeah. Like when he gets knocked down at the end and he's like stay down. Like the dubbing was terrible. Like he, Mick didn't speak. He wasn't speaking at all and they're like stay down, stay down. I'm like 
Yeah, he didn't say that there. He said that in post. <laughs> like, that yeah. wasn't in there. I was watching that fight, and I'm watching as the rounds are going. And then when they get to the 14th round, I'm like, they would have stopped this fight like eight like eight rounds in because, like, these two can't. They weren't even stand. fighting anymore. Yeah. They were just like. Standing there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Rock, Rocky looks like he's about to fall down, take a nap or something. He's got he's, one mm -hmm. eye. He can't <laughs> see. He's literally, like, trying to see with one eye going up and down. And I love yeah. that movement. But I'm just like, he can't see. The referee's like, you guys all right? What do you mean you're all right? Like, <laughs> they're not going to be okay at all. And, like, no. they would never let a fight go that far. And Not anymore. No. Wait, I'm going to blow your mind here. <laughs> Rocky won this fight in the first round. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Because oh, he if he didn't first. distract the ref, they say yeah. it's a 15 to 18 count. Yeah. He didn't go to a neutral corner. Apollo lost the fight because if he went to his neutral corner, the ref would have counted. Apollo was out. So they actually said that Rocky messed up because he was just so excited. They actually, he messed up his win and made uh, it go the distance where he could have just won the fight. So this shirt should really just say 1976. Rocky beats Apollo. But it doesn't. It says 1979. Yeah. But oh god, yeah, Rocky went up against some really heavy hitters that year for best film as well. Um, oh. All the President's Men, Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver, all for film of the year. Driver. And Rocky got Rocky won uh, film of the year, but every single person I think was also nominated for an Oscar as well. Rocky Four was the only one that Bill Conti didn't score. Um, it was uh, scored by Vince Nicola. Really? Transformers oh, wow. the movie. So Bill Conti came back for all of them but Rocky IV. Mm. Did he come back for Rocky Balboa? Yep. Wow. 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 So, well, you know, this movie catapulted his career. It catapulted Stallone's career. This was a start for both of their careers. So it was monumental, you know, in that respect. And it set the tone for all the Rockies to follow, even though they didn't want to do more Rocky films this film here to me was a great foundation that they could build upon yeah. mm -hmm. and continue with that story arc between all these characters and you do you see development throughout the film so you know it was a pretty solid film yeah oh yeah 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 so. i mean we're here we're at the end here so i mean i'm gonna go first because obviously i'm excited so, <laughs> so excited say, oh, obviously this yep. thing has destroyed the nostalgia test. <laughs> you know, you know, when we talk about the nostalgic movies, you think about that time when you're watching it and like wh wh who you were with and all that stuff. This is I've, I've watched it too many times. I've I there's I, what I'm thinking about is that I watched it yesterday. So like I, of course, it's amazing. It's this is nothing. If anyone says this movie is bad, they I don't know what they're watching. They've only watched it on TLC with commercials. You have to sit down and you watch it. Just what there's, there's something in this movie that's great. The score, the acting, the bad jokes. Like there's so much to it that it's amazing. Pass the test. Go on. Go on. I'll let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It, it passes y'all's test. It passes our test as well, you know, because we were looking at it also from our matrix standpoint with, with the score. Oh, um, yeah especially the last scene where they had to refill or re edit that last scene to fit that score piece. 
So not only is that our memorable score piece, but uh, the film itself has incorporated a part of that. So that to me just made it amazing. So yes, you know, as our three questions that we ask, does it work for the film? Yes, the score definitely works for the film. I think he did an amazing job. It has it shows uh, character development with the characters. It reflects all of that inner emotion and dialogue that you know Rocky's having. Uh, it makes you feel triumphant where it needs to make you feel triumphant. So it works for that. And there's there's you know the favorite scenes in there with with the score is like you know mainly the the sadder moments you know Rocky's theme coming in there where he's you know like like you were talking about you know yeah it did bother me and then the piano theme comes back in there the gonna fly now but it's it's his theme and you know could we imagine this film with any other score no 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 it wouldn't have worked no no yeah there's no way there's no way you could not have captured the same emotion the same drive the same energy with any other composer and uh, so no there could not have been any other score for this film now, does it pass the nostalgia test? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so pass our test as well as your test. Yeah. Uh, just to go back real quick on the, the the way you guys do your tests. Like I've listened to a couple episodes. You guys actually just listen to the score by itself before you see the movie and then you rewatch the movie. Yes. Yeah, you no. see if you feel anything and like yes. picture it and stuff. No, we did yeah. that with Rocky as well. We listened to the score and we went through and it was very surprising. There was a like one track in there. It was actually, you know, a song, not the gonna fly now. It was actual, you know, straight up source music. But it, it, every single piece, you always felt the emotion and yeah. I'm trying to listen to it. You know, tr- we try to picture, can we tell the story just by listening mm-hmm. to the music? Can we understand the character just by listening to the music? Mm-hmm. And then we watch the film to see if we still have that same reaction. And we did with this. Have you guys ruined some of your movies by doing that? Like, have you gotten to a test where you've like been like, Oh no, that movie is great. And then you like, wait, it's not the score, (laughs) the score. No, no. I'll play two. I can't stand it. Child's Play 2? (laughs) Child's Play 2. It was our third. You do do horror films, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. uh, Child's Play 2 was our third episode. Um, our least listened episode too, uh, as of right now. But it w- I did that one because I was such a fan of that score. Growing up, I, I would listen to it. And I was like, "Oh man, this is a great score. This is gonna be, you know." And they just released it on Spotify on digital. For he was excited to- too. He's yeah. like, "Look, they just released it." Right. I'm like, "Oh, I've never seen the movie." Yeah, and so- like I, I even posted it on my Facebook, and like nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to do it for the podcast and going back and listening to it and then judging against the film, it, it kind of ruined it into the aspect of it. You know, the same feeling was not there. I didn't, you know, like a nostalgia feeling. It did, it wasn't there anymore. Cause when I really it against the film, it didn't work. Didn't not, work. not as well as I, as I had hoped. Yeah, so it, it did. It does kind of ruin it a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. sometimes yeah. You get there. You're just like, Oh, like, like, oh man, I was so hoping that this was great. <laughs> but you like, compose oh. like you said you you compose music. You do like majority horror, or you like that genre? Or uh, the majority of the films, uh, majority of the directors that come to me, they come to me with a horror film. But I do a wide range, wide range of you know different style of films, comedy, horror. You know, I've come to you know a lot of dramatic films have been coming to me lately and those are very interesting to do because you're having to emote that emotion of the characters in the story like one of them i just recently scored 
it was a uh, apocalyptic drama. It was two characters, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to get out of there, how they're, they're going to survive. But you never see the apocalypse that much. You, you only hear about it. You can only hear sound effects. There's a guy beating at the door, you know, trying to get in and the, the two women are not letting him in. And so I had to emote not only their fear, but also the sadness that were you know, of this guy beating on the door, just trying to get in. He's just trying to survive. It was fun. It was fun to do that, actually. Wow. That's awesome. Now, I always said that like a lot of soundtrack has or score or just music or just a tone or this. Imagine life having a score. Sometimes I do that. I'm, you know, I'm work, though. one day I was just driving down the street and I was listening to our classical music station. I can't remember it was on. It was like a Gershwin song or something like that. Piano playing in the background. And I saw this single plastic bag floating in the air. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so perfect for what's going on right now. And it's just floating in the air. And I hear this nice piano melody in the background and I'm laughing. I think yeah. Funniest thing. That's great. It's so interesting to kind of see how music played such a big role and how Stallone was so, in a way, very lucky that all these things fell the way they did in, in the end to make this movie um, happen the way it did. Because it, anything other than this score uh, by Bill Conti would have just, it just wouldn't, it would have been a totally different film. It just would not have worked exactly. It wouldn't have worked like this. Uh, and that's a nostalgia test tangent. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with everyone. And say like this passes the nostalgia test. I was worried at first because I was like, I haven't seen Rocky One in a while, and I was like, oh boy. And we've done certain things where we were just like, oh yeah, I listen to this all the time, or I've watched this, and then we come back, we're like, what happened? What yeah, we it? call that the uh, take off your pants and jacket album. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Yeah, and let and everyone out there, let us know what are your thoughts on Rocky One. I mean, maybe you don't like Rocky One, but I think you're wrong. I think Rocky One is an amazing film. Please, you know, follow us on Instagram and at, uh, Facebook at the Nostalgia Test on Twitter at Nostalgia Test. Go to the website nostalgiatest.com. Subscribe, like, you know, leave a review, and uh, join the mailing list. And uh, Chris and uh, Leslie, where can our audience find you? Um, well, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. It's uh, at Measure the Score. Uh, Instagram, you just type in Measuring the Score. Facebook, same thing, Measuring the Score. You can also send us an email, MeasuringTheScore at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners. I mean, we've got a, a ton of great you know, feedback from people on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Twitter as well. Twitter is one of the main ones where we get a lot of great feedback on. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, pretty much any social media platform you can find us on there. <laughs> awesome, awesome, and we look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts. And we'd love to have you back. And uh, thank you so much again, everyone out there. See you at the next test. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to the Nostalgia Test podcast to know when new episodes drop. Don't forget to leave us five stars and a positive review so more people can find the podcast. Share your thoughts and memories on today's topic on our Twitter at Nostalgia Test and on Instagram at The Nostalgia Test. Tune in next time because you never know what pop culture will pop up on The Nostalgia Test.